is the Dave Glover Show with Dave, Rachel, and Kevin. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring Outlet. The flooring experts. I got floor.com. And welcome back to the Dave Glover Show with Hancock and Kelly. We'll be with you all week long till Friday. Uh, somebody else coming in here Friday. Who's doing it? Wheeler? Yeah, Wheels is back. You know who's here with us now? Uh, a guy whose name sounds like a quarterback. Sean Malone. Hey, Sean Malone. Who we have just learned is an expert in the National Football more, League. More importantly, he's an expert in fantasy football. Right. And, Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was the first week of the playoffs, was it not? Uh, for fantasy football's sake, for fantasy football's sake, this was the semifinals in some leagues championship and some others. Depends on how your format is laid out. A little bit harder to figure out in recent years with the NFL extending its season a week. Some right. team, some leagues, you like to finish it up in the week that just ended. Others, this is the championship week that you're heading into in a lot of leagues, though. And you? I am in the championship in my dynasty league. Got bounced from the playoffs in a couple of my other leagues. That's the only one I'm in the championship. And uh, thankfully, in the one game all season that I had Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, and Justin Jefferson all healthy, I avoided finishing in last place in my punishment league, which is right. my friends locally let's, out here. Let's talk through those. You said your, what was the first one you said? Some type of premium league? A dynasty. So what's that's that mean? Different variations of what dynasty means for some versus others. Uh, so some dynasties can be you keep two players at the end of the year over uh. to the next year. And, and sometimes there's a stipulation you can keep them for just a little bit. Some for as long as you want. Depends on how your league likes to do it. Mine is incredibly complicated. We mm -hmm. try to simulate the NFL as much as possible. So we've got a salary cap. We've Whoa. got uh, contract extension, Whoa. separate rookie draft. Yeah, we had this thing going on uh, a Google sheet for a long time. Now we actually the platform that I write and podcast for fan tracks. Uh, great format. If you have a similar league to that, that's where we've moved it over to a couple of years ago. I've since begun writing and uh, working for them in the podcasting realm as well. Wow. Um, but that's a, that does a good job of keeping track of all that stuff for you and makes life a lot easier on the commissioners who are in charge of that league for us. So you got nice. a podcast on this stuff. Yes. Where, where can I find that thing? Where podcasts are found? The Odyssey app. It's the Fly Fantasy Football Podcast. The Fly Fantasy Football Podcast. Mm -hmm. Myself, uh, Colin McTaggart, Amity is my co-host. Uh, he's based out of Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, and so we haven't had a chance to meet in person, but, you know, we'll sometimes when our schedules align, both get together and do the pod. I'll usually handle the waiver wire episode. That should be out sometime shortly today. Um, Colin usually heads up the uh, weekly preview episode where he breaks down every single game that week. All right. Let's talk through the punishment league. Now, these are the mm -hmm. leagues where. Somebody has to make a fool of themselves or get a tattoo, or what's the story here? Depends on what your league is and how bold everyone in your league is, but uh, yeah, that's what a punishment league is. It's more about not finishing in last place as opposed to trying to finish in first. You know, there's there's still a cash prize in the punishment league. I do, um, but the bigger the bigger th uh, I guess focus is not finishing in last place. What and happens? Yeah, what happens in your on, league? In my league, it changes year to year. So one year we pelted the loser with rotten tomatoes. Another <laughs> year somebody had to get waxed because they lost. Ooh. Um, oh, but there's, there's one I'm waxed. looking forward to this year, and especially now that it's settled, we've been given a, a hard time all day today to the loser in in this league. Uh, they're going on a bus trip 
Ooh. A Greyhound bus. Yeah. I am not going to reveal on the air, give any indication of where we're sending him to, just yeah. in case word gets back to him about yeah, it. Yeah, no, we wouldn't want that. So he's got to get on a bus? Yeah, Greyhound bus. It's going to be a long... We were initially... We got the inspiration. One other league uh, that we saw online from last year, their loser had to basically spend 24 hours on planes. They just found a you know a bunch of different planes where they're going to fly him into this city. About an hour <laughs> later, he you know it's essentially like a layover. He gets on another plane to another city, and they just jumped him around the country for a day, basically. Wow! And we thought, oh, that's funny. Maybe we should do that. We'll fly you out to a random city, and then we realized that costs you know, money. That's expensive. Draft, well, yeah, it'd be cheaper. And probably funnier if we threw you on a bus because you're not on just a three, four, five hour flight. You could be there for 10, 12, 18 so hours. This poor guy has got to get on a bus for 11 hours. And he doesn't, in, at least until he gets on the bus, doesn't know where he's going. Wow. And so, and I, so we're sending him to Vegas or. He wishes. He wishes we were sending him somewhere. I think somewhere that be. fun. He wishes we were. We're gonna send you somewhere where it's Downtown not gonna be Baltimore. as fun. <laughs> so, oh. Somewhere where you're not gonna. You're gonna have a hard time trying to find something fun to do. That's that's all I'll say about that. Um, but that's it. What? And then what you do with your time there is up to you. But you, essentially, the only rules is you have to ride the bus route that we are giving you. How long you does can't the poor just, guy have to stay in wherever he's going? I think it's going to he, basically he's going to leave on Saturday and get back on Sunday. Blows up the whole weekend. Man. Yes. He lost the, the he lost the league. And, and now while he's, you know, out on a bus, we're all going to go out and watch, you know, the first round of the NFL playoffs oh, he's and hang out together. Yeah. Yes. So he's going to be stuck on a bus this during that brutal. as well. Aren't you worried that someday you may be on the short end of the stick here? I'm worried because the last two years it was almost me. It was almost me this year and it was almost me last year. I was wow. in the last place game last year. I took Jonathan Taylor number one overall last year. He had an awful season, so... Uh, back-to-back years of picking number one overall in these in this league has not worked out in my favor. Um, so you're in how many different leagues? Five total, and I do like a weekly DraftKings type league. How do you with, keep uh, it all straight? I, honestly, I say football is the one sport that I can because you don't need to check it every day. day right. You right. know, like the games are played on for the most part, except for these end of seasons where they you know start throwing Saturday games in. Thursday, Sunday, Monday. Yep. So those are the days I really need to focus. And Tuesday, when I'm making ads on you know right, waiver wire, that's what anyone who is considering joining a fantasy league and is worried about the time commitment to like one. I I usually break it down. You got to spend five minutes three separate times a week to be successful. Check your lineup on a Tuesday. See if you won from the week before. Put in some waiver claims to try to add some people. Check your lineup on a Thursday. Make sure nobody hurt is playing. And check your lineup on Sunday. Make any last-minute additions you might need to make. And, again, make sure nobody hurt is playing. You do that, and you will you can be successful doing that. So it's not a, as big a time commitment, football, as other sports in fantasy, baseball, basketball, uh, hockey, where yeah. you got to check it every day. Yeah, yeah, they're every games day. every day. So yeah. that those are the ones that are harder to keep yeah. up with. Yeah, that makes sense. So you obviously have to follow the league. You've been a passionate football fan your whole life? Yes. So you grew up rooting for? The New York football giants. Oh, Ooh. poor guy. Yeah, but right now it is poor guy. But I've witnessed two Super Bowl victories in my you lifetime, have. so I can't Eli complain. Manning. Yes. He beat Tom Brady in twice. one of those Super Bowls. Both they, of them. He beat him twice. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then you've got, so uh, they've got a little bit of a quarterback controversy now in New York. Yeah, who's going to be, uh, whether it's Daniel Jones or they move on in a different direction. So that's, you know, the, the silver lining with this season is I, I I like Tommy DeVito. It's a good story. Right. I don't think 
Long term. Yeah. yeah. I, long term, I think he's proved that he can be a formidable backup. You know, if you need to go to him in a pinch, you can do a lot worse than Tommy DeVito. But I'm not looking at Tommy DeVito and thinking, oh, this is the next Brock Purdy for the New York right, Giants. You know, right. we got this quarterback that, you know, we think is the answer in Daniel Jones. And then the unknown backup comes in and, you know, saves. I don't really see that. No Kurt with Warner Tommy DeVito. story nope. here. Nah. Uh, with the, Good story, Tommy, Tommy DeVito. DeVito. He's a local kid. You know, everyone's been having fun with the you know, his big Italian family. You know, New Jersey Italian. The Sopranos are the, right. tying into that as well. But uh, I, I do, like I said, I don't think he's the Brock Purdy. I don't think he's going to be running away with a career as a qual- a high quality NFL starter. Yeah. Well, undrafted. And, yeah. Uh, you just don't see that very often. Mm-hmm. If, if ever, uh, did we learn anything last night about the 49ers and the Ravens? I think the biggest thing we learned is that the Baltimore Ravens are the team to beat in football. This whole season has kind of felt more so than any other year. Like anybody can beat anybody. I mean, we'll see the Miami dolphins. You go back to even the beginning of the season, you know, they dropped 70 points on the Denver Broncos and the very next week they lost to the Buffalo bills. Then the Buffalo bills went on that terrible stretch of football where they weren't playing well. Yeah, every single team. I mean, the Eagles almost just lost to the Giants. Right. Right. Yeah, it feels like anybody can beat anybody in the league this year. And with the win last night, especially in the uh, how dominant of a performance that it was, offensively and defensively, it kind of feels like the Ravens are that one team above everyone else now. One well, has finally separated themselves. In San Francisco. Yes. That was uh, impressive. An East Coast team traveling west. I know it's usually the inverse is harder, but still not easy being an East Coast team traveling I, out west. I'm not counting the 49ers out yet. I still think yeah. they're, you know, week in, week out, one of the best teams out there. But uh, I think they're the best in the NFC, but yeah. I think now the Ravens have proven, okay, there's us and then a half step below. I'm still not putting them in their own tier, but kind of a half step below them. There's a whole mess of other teams. Lamar Jackson clearly showed MVP quality last night. Huh? Yes. I mean, he, he, I've been a huge fan of his since he was in college. So I'm loving the success he's having in his NFL career. And everyone's bringing it up again that Lamar Jackson teams could have made offers on him this off season. They'd have mm. to give up multiple first round picks to get him and probably even negotiate some sort of a trade with the Ravens or work the contract in a way that the Ravens don't have the cap to match it. But it's mind blowing that all these teams that it's so hard to find a high quality quarterback in the NFL. And one was out there saying he wants out of Baltimore because they weren't giving him the contract he wants. And nobody even checked in on him. Not a single team made an offer on Lamar Jackson. And he's now, like you said, playing at an MVP level and proving everyone wrong in that regard. He may not have trouble next year, huh? Oh, he's got a contract now, so he's got that already locked up. What about uh, Miami? Uh, you look at that team; they've put it together. Tua's got that mm-hmm. soft head, but they got that—they are the fastest team in the NFL. And it's—it's it's fun seeing all these pieces finally falling in place for them. You know, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, the running backs. Raheem Mostert is staying healthy and having a career season. And Tua—it's. it's unbelievable to watch him just drop dimes all over the field with the career that he's had up until this point. He's always looked like he's had it, but like you mentioned, you know, the injuries last year in particular with all the concussions that he had that almost ended his career. I believe he, if I recall, he talked about how he was considering whether or not he could return to football. And now he's playing like an MVP contender himself. I mean, he's certainly in the conversation for winning the MVP award. And, you know, back to my point before about anybody could beat anybody. That was, I think that's when 
for the Miami Dolphins was the first win of the season against a team yeah, above that's right. 500. That's exactly right. So, yeah, yeah that it, good to see Miami show that it's not one of those, oh, we're just as good as our schedule. But, you know, that in terms of playoff seeding, that really hurt them, the Baltimore Ravens getting that win because the Dolphins play a lot better at home compared to on the road. One of the jokes that John and I have all every year week talking about the team was Baker Mayfield. Remember, he came in with all the mm-hmm. hype, they had all the commercials, heck, you know, and. Uh, all of a sudden, Baker Mayfield seems like he may have found himself a place to play, and he could be the comeback player of the year. Oh, good and good for him too, because Baker was one of those. He wasn't a terrible number one overall pick, but he didn't live up to the expectations that come with taking a quarterback number one overall. You expect a a Joe Burrow yeah. type of player out of that, where you know MVP level, fringe MVP contender, and Baker was always at his best good. Not great, not like, oh, wow, this is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He'd have a game like that every once in a while. But when you look at his season as a whole, it was always good. And this is probably, I'd have to look at the stats more closely, but this is probably his best season as a pro with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't have his numbers right in front of me, but, you know, he's a player that he didn't sign a big contract this offseason. So I, I imagine he'll lean towards coming back to Tampa Bay. But the big thing to watch with them and, particular with trying to bring back Baker Mayfield is Mike Evans has been his favorite target this season. They didn't give Mike Evans a contract this year. So Mike Evans is up for a new contract. He could leave to go somewhere else. Maybe Kansas city. They're certainly yeah. in need of a top flight wide receiver. Um, but if he doesn't, if he doesn't come back to Tampa Bay, it's Baker Mayfield. So it'll be interesting to watch that, especially with the franchise tag as an option. If they can strike a deal with one or the other, and if they can't get it with other, who get does Baker get the tag? And then you hope to re-sign Evans? So the story of the year probably has to be the Detroit Lions, right? The Lions, and I mean, if it wasn't for this poor stretch of injuries that they've been in, how about the Houston Texans as right. well? A team right. that came from out of nowhere. I mean, C.J. Stroud, and if you recall in the beginning of the year, that offensive line was in shambles. Mm-hmm. And th- there was a game where they lost all four starters from what they expected to have when the year began to I think it was like week two. They only had one starter on the offensive line. And C.J. Stroud has been lighting it up on the field. He took, uh, other than you know the addition of Tank Dell, a group of what was considered a, a poor wide receiver core and making them look like one of the best young units in football now. Um so I think that might be the best, you know, team that's come out of nowhere story. I, the Lions have the longer history because they've been around longer of not winning anything and they're a great story. But it's not like the Texans have much of a history of success throughout the league. So I think they're a fun story, too, especially if they can get healthy down the stretch here. Um, I think the Lions, it kind of helps that we've had the uh, behind the scenes look on them for a couple of years now, like hard knocks came in and did them in the preseason. So we kind of know who Dan Campbell is as a person. Good coach. So, and I think that kind of adds to the story of the lines is that, you know, he's this lovable character we've gotten to see recently. And now we're seeing the success. Find him. Dude, dude knows his football, man. It's <laughs> impressive stuff. Sean Malone, you hear his dulcet tones on the KMOX News, reporting and anchoring. Thanks so much for your time. This time, until next time. Yep. Sounds All good. right, when Thank we come back, President Donald Trump had a Christmas <laughs> message that he delivered to all of his many followers. We'll talk about that next on KMOX. Now, back to Hancock and Kelly, sponsored by Insperity, HR that makes a difference on News Radio 1120, KMOX. You know, Hancock, I uh, I don't get your party. 
Uh, y'all, uh, the majority of you, uh, it seems, are th- as though are obsessed with Donald Trump, going to elect him uh, to be your nominee for president. Every election since he got elected, he's lost. And uh, he continues to put stuff out in social media that, that just has me scratching my head, but obviously must tickle the base of the Republican Party. Well, the former president um, had a Christmas message to the American people yesterday. He put it out on his Truth Social, and I thought, well, in the spirit of the holidays, yeah, uh, I would do a dramatic reading of this ought to be Donald good. Trump's message to America sent yesterday, Christmas Day, 2023, and it says as follows, Merry Christmas to all, including Crooked Joe Biden's only hope, <laughs> deranged Jack Smith, the out-of-control lunatic who just hired outside attorneys fresh from the swamp, unprecedented, to help him with his poorly executed witch hunt against Trump and MAGA. <laughs> Included also our world leaders, both good and bad, but none of which are as evil and sick as the thugs we have inside our country, who with their open borders, inflation, Afghanistan surrender, green news scam, high taxes, no energy independence, woke military, Russia, Ukraine, Israel, Iran, all electric car lunacy, and so much more are looking to destroy our once great USA. May they rot in hell again. Merry Christmas. <laughs> this is this is a standard bearer of your party, man. Well, that was quite he, a mess. He is quite a unique individual. And I but by the way, th- this is all entertainment because that's what Donald Trump is. At the end of the day, he's an entertainer. Um and I think this plays to the base of the Republican Party no or whatever's left of the base of the Republican Party, which seems to be more driven by anger than principle these days because the the base of the Republican Party is now the Trump base, and that's not a base based in true conservative principles or the religious no. right where the party used to have its center. Now it seems to me it's in this kind of uh, collegiate boy humor, anger, uh, rudeness that is emblematic of who this man is. So I think there is, you know, in, in all seriousness, I think there is a deep loathing by many in the country over what they perceive as establishment um, institutions and leaders who they believe have ignored uh, the needs and desires of vast swaths of the of the population. And Donald Trump speaks to them in a way that they appreciate. And, you know, it's not my cup of tea. But, yeah, but they don't hold him accountable to failure to deliver on the things that they say matter to them. Well, because what really ultimately matters to them is somebody who is against the system. Anybody. As it is. Just if if, if everybody's saying go that way, he wants to automatically yell go the wrong and I way. Think yeah, there's, wrong. I think there's a real appeal to that for an awful lot of people out there. And it really has nothing to do with conservatism per se. I think it's all about... Uh, taking on the the institutions that folks believe have ignored them and taking them for granted and treated them dismissively for a long time, and I think that's the I think that's the bond that exists between Donald Trump and millions of people in this country. Now the question is, uh, are there millions of people in this country 
uh, insufficient number that will elect Donald Trump president in 2024. Maybe. Uh, certainly, if it's against Joe Biden, the chances of that are better. But um, it's also true that large numbers of Americans think Donald Trump is utterly unfit to be president of the United States. And they, they believe he demonstrates that on a daily basis, whether it's his postings or uh, or his rally speeches. So that's kind of where things are politically, Michael. What are we going to do next, buddy? Are you smarter than Michael Kelly? I've got three categories, sports, politics, and television and movies. If you'd like to play for fabulous, well, we don't have any prizes. Four three six seven nine hundred. Come on in. Are you smarter than Michael Kelly? Next on Camo X. And now it's time for America's favorite game show. Are you smarter than Michael Kelly? Starring John Hancock is your <laughs> magnificently talented host. And Michael Kelly oh, is your okay, yeah. lame contestant. <laughs> and you are faithful listeners at 436-7900-1800-925-1120. Join us, uh, call in to join us and see if, in fact, you might be smarter than Michael Kelly. And here's how the game works. There are three categories, sports, politics, and television and movies. And you will pick a category. I will read a question. You will wait to give your answer until you hear Michael Kelly's ding. When Michael Kelly dings, that means he has written his answer down on the page. You then give me your answer. Michael Kelly will reveal his answer, and we'll see if, in fact, you are smarter than Michael Kelly. And joining us now from St. Louis, Missouri, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Brett to KMOX. Hello, Brett. Gentlemen, how are you? Great. Great. Uh, Brett, are you of the belief that you, Brett are smarter than Michael Kelly. I you know what? I'm going 50-50. He's he's a pretty he's a pretty smart guy, so we'll see what I can do. Yeah, that's right. He, he Brett. has his moments. He knew nice. about the ice earlier. Good thinking. Uh, well, yes. Go ahead, Brad. Hi, Michael, I actually uh I introduced myself to you a couple of weeks ago at Hardy's. I'm the gentleman that saw you two at the Spear. Oh yeah. This guy yeah, saw right? you two at the Spear just like me and he and I were comparing notes. Well, this exactly. is Brett. And the fact that he went to see you two at the Sphere Tells means you. that he may be as smart as me. It could well be the case. It's often the case. Uh, okay, don't ding your bell. Well, I, was, the I just gave you a good answer. I said he was almost as small as me. Until I've asked the smart question. Brett, your yeah, choice sure. of categories, sports, politics, or television and movies? Let's go television, television and movies. That's Brett is picking television and okay. movies, and the question is right. this. And, uh, PJ, do we have some... Uh, Suspense music, uh, game show music, maybe a little Jeopardy theme that we can lay in behind there. As I read the question and we wait for Michael Kelly to fill out his answer. And Brett, don't respond until you hear Michael's ding. Okay. And here is your question. Name the actor who played the role of Santa in the movie Elf. All right, don't say anything, Brett. The movie was Elf. Came out some time ago. Well, that's a good question. Santa Claus was in that movie. Of course, Elf starring uh, Will Ferrell as Elf. Comedic role. Zoe Deschanel was... Michael Kelly has dinged his dinger. Written down. All right. Uh, I can see everybody in that movie except Santa. Newhart and... Oh. <laughs> I don't... You know what? I don't know. 
I, I don't know. Take a guess, because that's what I did. I don't know spit either. spit something out there. Ed Asner. Ed Asner. That's a good guess. It is. Michael <laughs> Kelly said. I said John Hamm, but I think he's right. The answer is Bob Newhart played oh, the role he, of. You said oh, Newhart. He's he's, he's not Santa. Yes, elf. he's Santa. No, he's not. Bob Newhart. No, no he's Newhart the, was an elf. He's the head elf. Oh, okay, you're right about that. Yo, well, guess what? Uh, what's your name? What's this guy's name? <laughs> I, are you smarter Brett or than John Hancock? Smarter than John Hancock? Both Hancock. <laughs> are you sure? Who played? Who who played the role of Santa? It may have been Ed. I think Asner. it was Ed Asner. Oh, uh, you may be. You, this what? may be an all-time embarrassing moment for me. It's Ed Asner. It is. Oh wow! Well, Brett, not Game only over. are you smarter than Michael Kelly, <laughs> well, not we're going to smarter <laughs> than the both of us combined. Well, that's, that's because you're not even smart enough to read well, the questions. I, I thought I had that down. I just saw Elf the other day, and there was Bob Newhart, but he was the head Elf. Yeah, he was not Santa. This guy, he and I went to the U two concert out there. Hey, right. uh, Brett, who, who who besides you two could pull that place off? <sighs> well. You know, it's funny because we were just having this discussion over Christmas the other day. Um, you know, it's, since it's not really a stage show, but I still think the Foo Fighters could pull it off. Sure, agree. I think that I'm not a big Harry Styles fan, but I think Harry Styles could pull it off. Okay. Obviously, Fish is going to be able to do it. Yep. Because they're there next, right? This guy is far smarter than you, Hancock. Well, everybody is. <laughs> he today. knows some good answers. All right, what's the next question? Well, we've got sports, politics, or <laughs> another TV and movie question, which well, apparently. Let's, let's go. Let's go politics. Hey, now. All right. Uh, I'm going to see what I know. All right. There was a historic election that took place in 1912. Oh, Lord. Oh, no. Three candidates vying for the presidency, a Democrat, a Republican, and a third-party candidate. Who finished in third place in the popular vote in 1912? Michael Kelly is thinking over there. I know I got this one right. I may not know TV and movies, but darn it, I know my power. Michael Kelly has dinged his dinger. Brett, who finished in third place in the 1912 election? I, I do know that Wilson won. Uh, yeah. But the answer is who cares? <laughs> no, that's not the answer. I'm, I'm going to take another guess. Here. I'm going to go Teddy Googling. Roosevelt. Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt. Roosevelt. And Michael Kelly, you said? Mickey Mouse, because who cares? The man lost. He came in third place. He was the president of the United States at the time. Right. The only president of the United States to ever finish third in a presidential election, William Howard Taft. Uh-oh. Finished third, Teddy Roosevelt in second place. And you correctly pointed out, Brett, that Woodrow Wilson won that race. All right. Thank Brett, Oof. thank you very much. Happy New Year, and thank you so much for playing. Thanks, guys. Have a great New Year. Good to, good to talk to you again. That all had right. to be a little I embarrassing little... for you. I well, mean, here I, you are. It's TV and First movies. of all, you're asking a question about who finished third. Well, this is America. We don't reward losers, brother. Well, but it's We're all about the winners. That was a historically significant I get election. it, but it was in 1912. Teddy Roosevelt on the Bull Moose Party, Michael. Yeah, and coming can... back, trying to recapture his greatness in the White House, the only really third-party candidate that really had possibly a shot to win. Right, and it resulted in splitting the Republican vote, electing Woodrow Wilson. Who, very interestingly, historians thought Wilson was a near great president for years after he left the office. He had a stroke his last year in office. His wife was running the country. He started the League of Nations, got us through World War One, and historians had given him very high marks. It has since come out that he was a vile racist, 
Uh, he brought us the income tax. He brought us the Federal Reserve. A lot of things. And his uh, his view among historians has taken a real hit in, in a way that you really don't see very often with American presidents. You look at presidents who have been rehabilitating by historians. Ulysses S. Grant is probably chief among them. Uh, is considered a much better president today than he was 30 years ago. Um, Calvin Coolidge, my hero, considered a much better president today than he was 30 or 40 years ago. So uh, those Well, everybody happen. went up in the rankings after we uh, got rid All of right, the previous uh, since guy. We got, uh, since we got PJ over here, and I know he's a sports aficionado, this All is right. a great question. I, mm-hmm. I like to ask these sports questions from time to time. Today is the 69th birthday of... I got it. Yeah. The Wizard of Oz. Yes. Ozzie Smith, Cardinal shortstop from 1981 till 1996. A 10-time gold glove, maybe 13-time. He won a lot of gold gloves and uh, won a world championship with the St. Louis Cardinals. He was our shortstop. He's a Hall of Famer. Here's your question. Who replaced Ozzie Smith as a starting shortstop for the St. Louis Cardinals? And I'll give you a multiple choice here. I know it. Oh. Royce Clayton. Yes! Mike, did you know that, Peach? I had no idea, no. Oh, that was very good, It was Michael. a very controversial thing. I mean, here you had arguably the greatest shortstop in the history of the game being replaced by Tony La Russa, who arguably may be one of the greatest managers All right, got to step aside. I got one more. This is a... This, you, you didn't want to hear my you, talk. Okay. Uh, no, I did. It okay. was enough. Yeah, it was all right. Uh, this former Cardinal most valuable player. Okay. I'll give you a multiple choice on this. I may know this. Former Cardinal most valuable player won 10 gold gloves and ended his Major League Baseball career with the Cleveland Indians. I got it. Yeah? Andy Van Slyke. No. Uh. I will give you your options. (laughs) Ken Boyer, Orlando Cepeda, Keith Hernandez, or Bill White. Cardinal MVP, a 10-time gold glove winner, ended his career with the Cleveland Indians. Do you know, PJ? Go ahead. I'm pretty sure it's... Keith Hernandez. Michael? I, I have no idea. I said uh, whoever I just said. I don't even remember. Who is it? <laughs> Keith Hernandez. Hey that now. is correct. Matt Pajeski, congratulations. I thought he finished with the uh, Mets. Mets. Well, that's why I put the Cleveland Indians in to throw things off. His <laughs> last year was spent with the Indians in Cleveland. That's Michael Kelly, Matt Pajeski. I'm John Hancock. We have just a few more moments with you, and then Total Information PM continues. We've got a little check on traffic coming up. And then we'll be back right here on X. Hey, here's somebody who's working on Christmas, just like Hancock and Kelly. Uh, Welcome into the studio, Matt Pauly. Fellas, how are you? Fine, Great. man. Uh, how did you draw the short straw to be here with us? He works I, here. I, yeah, I, I, this is... It's not a holiday. Well, most of these work. other people, they, so, you know. I'm, I'm still the new guy. I've only been here for a year and a half. I don't have yeah, the equity to be like, hey, Steve, I'm going to take two weeks equity. off like that's, Dave Glover does. That's what uh, we, we're the new guys still, too, in 15 years. 15 years. 15 yeah. years. Yeah, we're new. still the new guys. How was Christmas? It was fantastic. I mean, this was a big Christmas for the Pauly family. Yeah, my, uh, my daughter was four. Yes. So, I mean, this wow. was the first. She's, cri- like, really into it. Yeah, now. the night before. You yeah. know, we're counting oh. down every day. It was And just watching her open presents yes. was what time so did she much get fun. Up? We told her. We're horrible parents. We told her, unless there's an emergency, 
you are not allowed to come out of your room until we come and get you. And my wife oh. and I slept in until about 8.30 and we got her. Was she oh, sitting there gonna... like... Oh, she was awake all You're night. not going to get away with that much longer. 8.30. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We were about an hour and a half into it by then. We were going to tackle oh, our parents. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Right. I mean, we threatened her with, hey, Santa may not come if you come out of your room. Well, that's oh. true. Well, he does know. Probably six, seven thousand dollars worth of therapy down the road. (laughs) As long as I'm not paying for it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's fun. And you're you're in your new house. Yes. Christmas. You had my wife is pregnant. That's right. We've got just so many things going on. Uh, My parents are living back in town again, so we saw them later in the day. So we got to do that with them. So, uh, you know, she did. uh, She opened up. My daughter opened up. Her parents from my wife's parents yeah. uh, on Facetime with them, and then we oh, went over wow. to my parents' house. So she had she had multiple sessions yeah. of present opening. That's so cool. Yeah. Did That's she have best. a Did she have a favorite that uh, one that kind of rocked her world? Yeah. So there's a uh, sky from Paw Patrol. There's a plane that yeah. has all kinds of you you know makes all kinds of noises and everything. Oh, and yeah. that was the that was the number one thing that she got. Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. Is that oh, a, yeah. a commercial? I mean, a cartoon? Yes. Uh, buddy, yeah. it's pretty Paw big. Patrol. It's huge. Yeah. They, they went to the movie. The yeah. Matt took her to the movies yeah. to see Paw Patrol. That's awesome. They uh, they even make fun of parents in the movies because they basically tell you that we're doing stuff to cost you money. Like in the most recent movie, <laughs> they blew up the tower and they started working out of a uh, aircraft carrier just so the Pauly family could go drop ninety nine ninety nine <laughs> on the uh, on the Paw Patrol aircraft, <laughs> oh, which was not even the number one gift for wow. my daughter. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh that's, my that's goodness! Incredible. What did you think of those football games yesterday? Um, I, the, I thought the Ravens really showed out. Man, that, he is what a quarterback. Lamar, yeah, he's yeah. really good. And their defense is, I mean, they're, they've always been so good defensively under Harbaugh in Baltimore. But my goodness, um, that was, that was, uh, the, that should be the Super Bowl matchup. Class yeah. of the league. And I there, think right? it still will be. Yeah. And you know what's interesting? I was looking at, I'm not a big sports gambling guy at all, but I like seeing, I think that the way lines move is interesting. Yeah. And the, the, the odds really didn't change for the 49ers after yesterday. It, uh, the Ravens' odds got a little bit better to win the Super Bowl, but the 49ers' odds basically stayed the same, and they're still huh. the favorite to win. Well, it, but don't you think my understanding of gambling is is it's not a true reflection of what's going to happen. It's a balance of where the general public right. is in terms of betting. And it makes sense to me that the 49ers would still have the momentum, et cetera. And not a lot of money would probably come in when I was looking at it last right. night. I didn't look at it today. But you're right. What a point spread is or, or a money line is, is to, the idea is to get some half the people to bet on one side and half the people to what, bet on the other. What about Kansas City? Man, this is, this is just not that good of a team, is it? There's so many drops. Yeah. So many drops. Well, he's and, got nobody to throw it to. But even to. Kelsey's dropping it. Yeah, but he's double teamed. Yeah, but he's still dropping stuff. It's yeah. just... I think they're going to be fine once they get in the postseason. Do you? I was reading something today that if Washington fires Ron Rivera immediately after the season and the entire coaching staff and Eric Bieniemy became available again, that the Chiefs would consider bringing Eric Bieniemy back just for the playoff run, which would be whoa. If they did that and they went on one sort of a run, what better thing for his head coaching candidacy could there possibly be yeah. than him returning to Kansas well, City? Well, I mean, that's been, a, that's been a narrative as, as Mahomes has kind of struggled through the last multiple weeks now. Uh, <laughs> is it the enemy being gone has had a profound impact? Do you buy it? Yeah, I do. But more about um, 
Mahomes was talking about how Bieniemy did a really good job of keeping everybody accountable. Mm-hmm. That was one of his roles with that team, and he feels like that doesn't exist as much. So just his presence, I think, would yeah, be Yeah, but good. that seems unfair to me, that you get to pick somebody up when they get done with their other job to go with you for the playoffs. I mean, that's... I mean, Washington doesn't have to let him out of his contract. Yeah, when Mike Trout's out every year with the Angels, so we just bring him in for, you know, a couple weeks with the Cardinals? I mean, that that's not right. Yeah. But like how it. would you like to be the offensive coordinator that's in Kansas City now, and they bring your predecessor back? Yeah, that would that's be a slap. Not great for job security. Probably not going to work out so well for no. that poor guy. But yeah, they they've been a disappointing team. I mean, everybody what, thought a nine and six. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's they're average. Very. Yeah. You know, we'll probably probably win their division, but that's might be it. That may be all she wrote. Matt Pauly, you got sports open line tonight from 6 till 8 o'clock. Mr. Pajeski over here is He's incredible, this guy. He's doing everything. He's unbelievable, Matt Pajeski. Those knobs he's got over there, it's amazing what he does with those Why are you talking about his knobs? Well, he's got the knobs. He's got the little lights on there. It's a fascinating little board he's sitting behind. Michael Kelly, I will, uh, we will do this again tomorrow. That's right. I appreciate you being here. The news is next, and then uh, Total Information PM right here on KMOX.